Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We're going to be jumping into Numbers chapter 12 in just a moment, but I want to thank every person that subscribes, likes, comments, and shares our podcast. It means the world to us, helping us get the message of Jesus out around the world. I want to thank every partner that partners with us here at Zoe. If you'd like to become a partner, you can go to our website and give or text Zoe to 77977. We'll text you a link and you can begin to give there. But let's jump in to this week's message called Call Me Crazy. And I want to encourage us as we conclude this series, I want to just preach to you for a moment about one of the pillars of Zoe Church. People sometimes are like, what Zoe? Is Zoe, is it a cool church? Is it a trendy church? Don't judge me because I'm not wearing socks. We are who we are. (laughs) Joey's like, wow, a lot of ankle. I'm like, okay, stop, eyes up here. Enough. Enough. But I'll tell you what Zoe is. Zoe, if you cut us open, we are a faith church. We're an excellence church. We're a generous church. We're a kind church. Come on, clap today if you believe it. Westside, give me something better than the Miguel Contreras is giving me right now. We're a faith church. We moved down here with a couple of kids and a pod and started a church in a living room all off faith. Faith is believing what I don't see to be true. Faith is standing on what I cannot touch and what I do not feel. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So in other words, we don't just have faith at church. We have a lifestyle of believing God. A lifestyle of faith. In fact, I'm going to jump right in. Right down the title of today's message is called Call Me Crazy. And I felt like you laughed at me when you did that. Because I am crazy, you know, just a little bit. But it's not coffee that makes me crazy. It's Jesus. Like, wait, Jesus makes you crazy? Just track for a minute. Believing in God and following God is the adventure of a lifetime. Believing God and trusting God, that'll get you walking on water. Everybody else in your family, everybody else in your world might call you crazy, but I call it faith. I call it possibility. I call it believing in a wonder-working God. I call it getting swept up into the mysteries of how does God do what only God can do. We're going to jump into Numbers 13, give you a backstory. God promised the Israelites when they got out of Egypt a promised land. And what it should have taken them just a few days to get to ended up taking them 40 years. There's a message in that for some of us. Some of us, instead of taking the long way, should just trust and obey God the first time and get straight into your promised land. Let me encourage you, your promised land is your God-given potential. There's something that God has on you and there's something that God put in you. And you can get there in 40 years or you can get there right now. So God has been promising the promised land. But generation after generation, they keep disobeying. They keep rebelling. They keep going back to their old ways. They keep turning their back. They keep having a stiff neck. I had a buddy the other day. It's like, I'm taking a red-eye flight. I know you're the master of these. How do you take one? I'm like, first of all, I'm not the master of these. I, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. 
I'm like, second of all, get a neck pillow. Neck pillow. Neck pillow. Get the neck pillow. I know it doesn't look sexy, neck pillow. The reason why is because you don't want to sleep like this the whole night. These guys had become stiff, like, I'm not going to do what God tells me to do because I know what's best for me. No, you don't. God knows what's best for your life. God knows what's best for your money. God knows what's best with your morals. God knows best with your mind. God knows what's best for you. That's why he didn't give you the Ten Commandments. He gave you the tender commandments. This is the, this is the best way to live. Trust me, you do not want to murder or commit adultery or to steal or to dishonor your parents or to work seven days a week or to have idols. Trust me in this. It's all a trust issue. He's promised this promised land and the Israelites are getting close. And so they appoint 12 spies to go into the land to see if it's really Good, like God says. Because God's been telling them, this land, oh, it flows with milk and honey. It is a land like you've never seen before. And so God promised them. So the 12 spies, spies go into the land. They observe what God had promised them. They come back, and 10 of the 12 have a bad report. There are two that have a faith report, but 10 that have a negative report. I just want to encourage you from the jump. Get rid of the toxic people in your life. All the negative Nancys, all of the critical Karens, you got to get rid of them in your life. When Jesus came in and was about to raise a girl from the dead, the first thing he did was kicked out all the complainers. He said, because faith can't work around criticism. I can only work where there's a spirit of, come on, Zoe, give them a praise. If you got faith today. Some about faith. Get the criticism out. Watch here, Numbers 13. Look at these scriptures. It says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And he says, let us go up at once and take possession. By the way, one of the signs that you are following God is that you can execute deal, details quickly. But when you're in sin or you're not following God, you lose your confidence and you're afraid of somebody that's not even outside. One of the signs that you got faith is let us go up at once. See, the Bible says only a fool waits for perfect conditions. Faith doesn't wait for tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries in itself. Faith takes care of things today. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That is, again, a word for the Los Angeles Lakers. We are well able to overcome They're from Denver, you guys. Like, my God, that John Denver, my God. But the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able. I just, can I just channel my wine voice for a moment? But we are not able. Don't you get shy, soul. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than us. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied, saying, The land through which we had gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in there are mere great stature. There, were, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Enoch, who came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. We were like grasshoppers we saw ourselves as like tiny 
small grasshoppers, and so they saw us as tiny little grass. I want to tell you, I know the lyrics say, I am whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, why would you say I am? I know those are lyrics out there, but I want to tell you, I am not who you say I am. I am what I say I am. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So if I'm a giant in the faith because I see myself that way, that's how other people are going to see me. If I respect me, others will respect me. If I appreciate who I am, others will appreciate who I am. I am. If I think well of myself, other people will think well of myself. We were like, this is called an inferiority complex. And I want to tell you, the spirit of unbelief always makes you feel smaller than you really are. Makes you think that you are less than you really are. But the spirit of faith says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The spirit of faith says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The spirit of faith says, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The spirit of faith says, no, 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 I'm the head and I'm not the tail. And these 10, 10 spies with a negative Nancy spirit walked to the people and said, no, no, we, we, there's, there's no way possible. These guys are big and they're huge and the land, yeah, it's good, but you know, it's just, but there's us and we can't, Joshua and Caleb said, y'all be quiet now. Because you're spreading, it's going to be like cancer. It's going to be like toxicity. It's going to spread in the hearts of the people. Caleb said, no, no, we, we, we're going to go up at once. We are well able to take this land. Call me crazy, but I think we can do it. Call me crazy, but I know who God is. Call me crazy, but I'm expecting God to be who he says he is. In fact, I'm going to give you four things to write down. Write down number one today. Expect good things. we got to stop planning for the worst and start planning for the best. Start expecting God to be who he says he is. Again, God is not a liar. God is not a promise giver and someone that changes his mind. He is who he says, and because I know his character and I know his nature, I know what he's able to do. He has proven to me time and time again that he can do what he said he can do, and he is who he says he is, so I can trust him at his word. And when you understand this, everything changes because you start to expect good things. Some of us have been like, I don't know about my future. I don't know about what's going to happen. I don't know if everything's going to work out. No, I'm sorry. God is seated on the throne. God is ruling and reigning. God has made a plan for your life. God says, no evil shall befall you. God said, I will protect you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. I want to tell you, you can expect good things. Because I am a really good God. I don't expect good things because I am good. I expect good things because God is good. I don't expect things because of my morality. I expect things because of my belief in Jesus. And because I am in Christ, I can expect God to do great things on my behalf. Look at these scriptures to encourage you today. Look at this verse, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So God's like, if that's your expectation, well then, I, I said it last Sunday, but let me say it again. God always meets you at the level of your expectation. 
So if I were you today, I would just say, I'm on a new level. I apologize. And Jabez prayed and he said, God, I'm believing that you'll bless me and that you'll enlarge my territory and that your hand will be on my life. And I'm believing that you'll keep me from, from great pain. And I'm, I'm, I'm believing that I will not cause grief and, and God granted it. So well, let me ask you, what are you expecting? Where's your expectation level? Because some of us need to understand God can't move until you do. Some of us are like, God, just I'm so frustrated. So I just feel like you're not doing anything in my life. God's like, I want to do great things, but you've got to put your faith in me. You've got to put your trust in me. Look at a couple more verses. I love this, this scripture here, Matthew 17. For surely, Jesus says, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Notice Jesus said, not nothing will be impossible for me. He already knows that. He's teaching us. He's saying nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith, that now is Jesus talking about literal mustard seed? No, he's using it figuratively. He's basically saying, you don't have to have this crazy amount of faith. You just need like, just faith. Mustard seed size faith. And you could say to a mountain, move from here to there and it will happen. All because of your belief, all because of your faith, all because of your expectation. I want to encourage you. I know you've gone through failure. I know you've gone through hardship. I know life can be difficult. I know you've got disappointments. I know you've got delays. I know you've got setbacks. We all do, but it doesn't change the character and the nature of God. Life might be cruel, but God is good. Come on, anybody believe that about God today? I can expect good things from God. Look at this next one, oh, Matthew 9. And then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, your trust and your confidence in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done to you. According to your faith, according to your belief, to your trust in me, your confidence in me, I want to encourage you, do not trust yourself. Do not tap into self. Don't buy into the culture that's self-reliant and self-believing and, and rest on the, 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 the laws of, of how great I am. No, no, no. I want you to put all the confidence in God. I know what you can do. I know your power. I know your might. Be it done according to your faith. So we need to understand that, that, that God, he, he wants our expectations to be higher and higher in him. Our faith should be growing. Write down number two today. Stop settling for fake fixes. Because a lot of us, what, what happens is we're like, you know, I, I, um, I know that, 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 that the God stuff is kind of hard. In the Jesus way, it's hard because if I go to Jesus, that means I have to die to myself. And I still really like living. And I want to be a part of the narrative. So I, I'm just going to kind of numb the pain. I'm going to kind of distract my trauma. I'm just going to kind of like find something temporary because facing me in the mirror is too hard. Facing my mountain is just way too difficult. So I'm going to stay. This is how you become a grasshopper. This is how you stay as a grasshopper. Is you find temporary fixes for eternal problems. Only God can break that chain in your life. Only God can heal that, that, that problem that you're facing. Only God can deliver and provide for you in that fashion. So we don't trust in self, we trust in God. And stop going. I love that story, that woman at the well in John 4. And, she, and, and you know, Jesus is like, 
can, you know, can I get a drink? And, and, you know, she, and she's like, um, why are you talking to me? Because culturally this was unacceptable at the time. And they get in this conversation, and he says to the woman, you know, if you knew who was talking to you, trust me, you would ask me for a drink. And she's like, fam, where do you get this Aquafina from? I don't... I see no Evian available. Where are you, what are you talking about? And, and he says, he, he basically says to her, you have been going from guy to guy trying to fill an empty void in your life. And do you notice yet that it's left you dry and empty? But if you came to me, you wouldn't just have a drink. Rivers of living water would flow out of you. In other words, what he's saying is, I know you've got a lot of temporary solution. What happened to husband number one? Oh, he was, you know, he was the worst. He got into gambling. Whoa, what happened with husband number two? Oh, he was a Clipper fan. I had to get rid of him. What happened to husband three? Ah, oh, you know, he just, he wouldn't eat gluten-free. I hated that guy. What about four? It's just like one excuse after the other. And he says, no, no, it's not a, I love Dave Ramsey. He always says, you don't have a money problem. You have a you problem. I want to just tell you right now, you don't have big problems. You only have a God problem. And if you keep trying temporary fixes, it will last for a night, a week, and a month, or a season. But if you go to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, he can heal that thing. The problem with owning a home is you got to have temporary fixes for like days. I've got a temporary fix in my garage. I've got a temporary fix with my Wi-Fi. I've got a temporary fix with my plasma and even the one in the back. I've got a temporary fix with my, with my garbage disposal. I got, I got all kinds of temporary. It works for a house for now, but it, it doesn't work in life. You've got to go to the source, to the fountain of life to receive what man can never offer you. I know that that show is awesome, but you ever notice you wake up with the same you every morning? I know that that bottle feels good for the night, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be you tomorrow morning. That, that, that one night stand, it's not going to fill that empty void that only a father in heaven can fill that void. And if you go to the fountain of life, you receive, you go from grasshopper to a giant in the faith. Write down number three. I love this thought. Number three, ask God for the gift of faith. Romans 12, three, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one of you a measure of faith. He's dealt to you a measure of faith. Faith is a gift that God gives in fact, let me just read one more scripture, 1 Corinthians. Look here in, 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 in chapter 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of us for the profit of all of us. For to one is given the words of wisdom through the Spirit, to another words of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. So God himself, through his Spirit, gives you faith. Some people have crazy faith. Someone, some people have like, you know, if you ever get into a hospital, you're going to ask them, you're, you're going to tap into their faith. Can you lend me your faith? I'm going through a hard time. By the, Let me just encourage you. That's why you need a connect group. Because you need to be around people that when life gets hard, they can give you some faith. Come on, clap. Westside, clap right now. If you, if you know you need faith people in your life. And if you're wondering who the faith people are in your life, Go through hell and find out who you call first. Those are your faith friends. Now, you need all kinds of friends. You need funny friends. God bless them. Put a quarter in them, let them go for an hour. 
You need rich friends? Somebody say amen to that one. I'm on a boat. How'd I get the boat? I got a friend. Never owned a boat. I got a friend that got a boat. That's how I feel about Teslas. I don't got a Tesla. I got a friend that got a Tesla. You need faith friends. You need someone in your life that's like, hey, I'm believing with you. Because Jesus said, wherever two, or let's even go max, three are there together, I am in the midst. If you want God in the midst of your community, you want God in the midst of your marriage, you want God in the midst of your, your connect group, bring Jesus into it. Bring faith into it. Faith is a gift. So faith comes from the spirit of God. And then Romans 12, we, we, we read it, sorry, Romans 10, 17, we read it. To each one of us has been given a measure of faith, a gift of faith. Sorry, we're going to go to Romans 10, 17 in just a minute. That was Romans 12, 3. Each one of us have been given a measure of faith. So God kind of measures out and says, okay, I'm going to give you this much faith. Okay, this, I'm, I, I know that you are good with faith. I know I can trust you with faith. I know that you'll use faith. See, some of us, the problem is, is that we've sat on our faith. Or we've been dormant with our faith. When I was growing up, my dad pastored a, a small church in, in Washington, the state of Washington, on an island called Whidbey Island. And when my dad went to go visit this church to see if he'd take the church, after the service, we went out to a buffet called the Golden Corral. And after we ate there, I was like, Dad, you should take this church for sure. Will you, th this is our future right here. He's like, you like the service? I was like, no, but that Golden Corral is bomb, for real. That, that's for real. We go to the Golden Corral after, lunch, after you know, services on Sunday, and you walk into the buffet, and, and you know, just every pan looked like sin. Like the enchiladas look like, these are sin enchiladas. But I say to my brother and sister, hold on, give me 30 seconds. I start moving that, moving that spoon around. And after 30 seconds, it looked brand new. Come on, get an enchilada. Everybody enchilada on me. Guacamole, frijole, you can get whatever you want. I just moved it stuff around. The problem for a lot of us, the problem for a lot of us is we don't stir our faith. The enemy of your life is trying to shake you up to get you afraid of what the future, you're shook. But the Spirit of God is trying to stir you to possibility. Stir you to what God can do. Don't you go by what you see. You go by what you feel. I'm getting stirred. God is for me. God is awesome. Oh, Lord God, nothing is too difficult for you. That's how faith people are. And it's a gift. We went to a birthday party uh, this weekend. Julie and I, one of our friends here in the community, uh, had a birthday party. And one of, our, uh, one of our friends showed up with a gift. And I was like, oh, thank God Julia sorted that. I didn't even think about that. And so this guy walked in with a gift. And he's like, where do I, where do I put the gifts? And I was like, Man, I, I got no idea. Um, but you can ask Julia. She'll know. She probably got ours, and she knows where these are. And, and I, just, I, just, I just love that. He's this guy. He's like, clearly his wife sorted this because is very well wrapped. And, and, so, and so he walks in, and, he, and, he, and he's like looking for where, did, where do I put the gift? God gives you a gift, and it's called faith. That's why the work of a believer is receiving. It is no longer striving. It is no longer earning. There's no law. That's still what the law was. The law was work hard and you'll get more faith. Grace says receive and God will drop into you a spirit of faith. 
Worship team, come join me. I want to close with this. Write down number four today. This is my favorite point. Faith enters your ears and drops straight to your heart. Faith will come into your eardrum and then it will go straight into your heart. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing. Why are you here at church? Why are you on the live stream? Why are you on the west side today? Why are you here at Miguel Contreras? Because faith comes to you from hearing. And when you watch the media too much and you watch the news too much, you get downtrodden. You get depressed. And you're like, man, the world's going to hell in a handbag. This is the worst days ever. The economy and the politics and the politicians and the gun makers and the gun laws and all this and that. No, no, no. My eyes are on Jesus. And when I get faith into my eardrum, it drops into my heart. That's why Caleb, the first thing he did was say, shh, y'all be quiet. Stop it with all that. Because if negativity comes into their eardrum, fear will drop in their heart. If criticism comes into their eardrum, discord will drop into their heart. But if faith shows up in their ear, it will drop into their heart. Faith comes from hearing, hearing, hearing. So my question is, what have you been putting in your eardrum? What are you listening to every day? Whose voice have you been following? You need the voice of God. That's why I want to encourage you every single day in the morning, you ought to wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy. Let me say it again. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day Sunday. Woo! This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and the third time's the best time. This is the day the Lord has made. I will, I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. Why? Because God is good, and God is on the throne, and God is for me, and God is ruling, and God is reigning, and I'm going to get faith. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get faith. I'm going to get faith. I'm going to get more faith. I'm not getting less faith today. I'm going to get more faith. I'm going to increase my faith. I'm not staying on the same level. I didn't have the same faith last year as I do this year. I got more faith. I got more trust. I got more confidence. I got more belief. I got more of a greater revelation and a greater understanding and a greater confession of who our God is. So just a heads up, we're a faith church <laughs> because we're a faith people. And God has formed and fashioned you to trust. I read this book recently by Dr. Henry Cloud on trust. And he was writing in this book how we were created by God to trust. You are your worst version of you when you're untrusting. God did not wire you to not trust people. He created you to trust people. When you were born, the first thing that you needed to do was to trust someone for sustenance, someone for protection, someone for care, someone for attention, somebody else for comfort. God did not change the wiring of who you are. You are wired to trust in God. Here's these grasshoppers. Oh no. Looks bad. They look big. Can you stop fixing your eyes on your problem and start fixing your eyes on his power? Stop telling God how big your mountain is. Start telling your mountain how big your God is. I serve the God that told the sun to get up this morning. I serve the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I serve the God, the earth is the Lord's and everything that is within it. Come on, give them a praise today. If you're grateful, call me crazy, but I still believe. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet, last scripture today.
Y'all are making me shout today. Making me scream. Last verse, James Westside, last verse. We'll hand it over in just a moment. James 1, 5, 8. If you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, raise your hand if you kind of don't know what you're doing right now in your season, don't know what you're doing. Welcome to the club, everybody. See, if God were to tell you everything that you're supposed to be doing, you would stop trusting Him. Don't you think He's keeping you on daily bread for a reason? <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get His help, and He won't be condescended to you when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. Well, you know, if this doesn't work out, then we can do this. And, if, and, then, and then I got plan B, and I got plan C, and I got plan D. I want to tell you today, cancel all your plans all your plans all you got is faith in Jesus I don't have any other options but following Jesus with all my heart, all my soul all my mind and my strength I got plans on serving God today, how about you? I got plans and put my confidence in God today, how about you? Come on Zoe, Father we thank you that again and again